Welcome to our weekend edition of Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, I'm delighted to uh, chat with uh, Harshita Kajaria, a student I've known since 2010-11 or even prior, because I also know your brother. Yes. <laughs> um, it's amazing to see how uh, two siblings have had a pretty interesting uh, and very divergent journey. Following yours has been particularly interesting, having met you at the NYU campus in 2014, learning about uh, all the cool teaching stuff that you were involved with, uh, the TA, tutor, and leadership roles that you kind of took part in. And now then following your work through uh, Cambridge uh, at the Applied Math uh, PhD uh, and on the PhD track at the business school. So it'll be a fun uh, chat and I'm looking forward to uh, starting it off with the question about NYU actually. What do you think was uh, life settling in, right? Uh, when you landed from Calcutta to New York and then what does the campus do to you or the lack of campus for that matter do to you and eventually how did you find your footing? So uh, thanks for having me, Arjun. And I'm glad to be able to share my experience. And yeah, I mean, um, my decision to choose NYU was very much because I was already comfortable with the city because my childhood I had visited New York a lot. So I had some options when I was deciding between colleges and New York seemed to be a place that I felt I could see myself feeling comfortable and actually being able to sort of survive there without getting too distracted. So my first thing was, okay, can I be at NYU actually um, sort of work hard and soak up everything that New York has to offer. So I guess I was pretty, I was quite prepared for that. So when I landed, obviously it was very overwhelming. Everything was new, but at the same time, I hadn't had a campus experience. So I didn't really have any benchmark to compare it to. So for me, it was sort of open and I just wanted to take in as it comes. And Obviously, in the beginning, I was quite overwhelmed and everything was new, but everyone was really friendly and NYU being so international, there were so many international students going through the exact same thing. So I think that transition was not that difficult. But then I think what was difficult was the um, the actual, I guess, the actual course load, because studying in India, I think, I personally think I was not really prepared for the kind of course load that was to come because I had signed up for all of these chemistry and pre-med courses as well as math courses. So I did take quite difficult courses starting from the beginning, um, from the first semester. But I found it hard to keep up with these daily homeworks, daily quizzes, daily tests, because that's not what we were used to in India. We used to just work right before the exams and work really hard and go give the exams and everything was fine. But this daily keeping up with work was, I, I found it quite challenging because that meant literally studying every off hour that you got. So that was challenging, but then I found myself actually liking that, doing well, seeing that I can get good grades. I can actually, I, I felt started feeling quite accomplished through doing well. And that motivated me to continue doing that. And then I felt quite settled, settled enough to then go out of my comfort zone and sort of try a lot of new things as well. So that was Super. my starting experience. 
So if you were to then talk about your interest in math, did you go decided thinking that it's going to be math and your love affair for math is still continued at the PhD level? So uh, tell us a little bit about that journey. So I guess in the beginning, I applied as a chemistry major, but I was always um, in my head um, undecided. And going in, I had made up my mind that I would... um, experiment a little bit shop around with classes and make sure that I actually like what I'm doing and that was one of the biggest reasons that I did decide to apply to a liberal arts school where I can shop around and decide what major I want to do so I did shop around with chemistry classes with uh, math classes and some computer science classes as well just to get a full range of everything and then after after one year, so at least at NYU, we get two years to shop around before we have we really have to declare our major. And but there are advantages in declaring it early because then you get a supervisor from your department. So as soon as I was sure that okay, math is what I want to do, I decided to declare my major within the first year. But that was after I shopped around and really made sure that I, I like the math classes. So math, I'm told, is not for the faint-hearted the kind of work you have to put in <laughs> everything else. So uh, if you were to advise a high school student to, uh, you know, on this track, other than the fact that you like it, you get problem solving, uh, what are the life skills you need to have to survive the rigor and the course load? I think it's quite simple in terms of um i think obviously given that you have the aptitude for it i think it's all about hard work and time and i'll be honest my um sort of college life after i declared my major's math was basically centered around work so i think you have to be prepared for um sort of 95% time going into working and sort of going into academics and only a very small percentage of your time going into extracurricular. So I guess I made that, I was prepared to make that trade-off, but I think that was quite an important decision for me to sort of commit to that so much that the life was quite centered around it. But at the same time, it was a lot of fun because then I, I think one of the biggest things was that everyone was in that same boat, all of us math majors, and everyone was struggling. So we all sort of had this really nice group of friends, and we used to just every day, all day, sort of eat together, work together, complain together, and go home just to sleep, and then repeat the whole process again. So we got really close, and I'm still friends with a lot of them. So that was very exciting as well. So if you were to explain, uh, you know, different math, popular tracks students uh, take in math uh, and why you chose your track, uh, is there something you'd like to share with prospective students? You mean within within Yeah, within math, right. So I guess, uh, I don't know about a lot of other universities, but at least at NYU, uh, there's only so NYU doesn't offer apply ma- applied math as a degree uh, at an undergrad level. So there's just math, but then within math, there are a lot of classes you can take. So what I would advise is that um, 
so i i did i did two things so there are two ways to go with it i think so there's one where you so you have an x number of credits that you have to fulfill so either you do one major um and take the minimum number of classes required for that major and do a lot of small minors on the side which is what i did so i did math as my major did sort of minimum required classes and then did a chemistry major on the side a computer science major on the side and a business studies major on the side uh, whereas the uh, whereas the other way to go with math is that you and that i think you can only do if you're decided about math from the beginning is that you go into math and then just within math take a lot of different classes starting from the computer science heavy to um sort of the computing side the analytic side so you experiment with everything so that you know afterwards what exactly you want to do so mine was a bit different i did the major and a bunch of minors but that's just because i was not decided in the beginning so by the time i mean i graduated I, i didn't have enough credit sure so you know very often students uh, talk about doing math and enough computing to have transferable skills even if they want to switch fields from academia mm-hmm. to workplace they have that do you see that overlap in your preparation um i think the classes i took i'll be honest were quite theoretical and in retrospect i wish i had taken more applied classes within math because i think that are that's definitely much more transferable i think it's sometimes of a myth when people say that okay you've done math so it, it must be so versatile you can move degrees so easily but i find it i found it quite hard because i moved from a very theoretical field and i was used to thinking about everything in a very theoretical way and then when i moved to an applied field i actually had a hard time um doing that switch so it's not as easy so i would definitely recommend taking a lot of um analytics and applied type courses so that that switch is easy to do yeah i remember meeting you at the coffee shop and then introducing you to some of our uh, students at nyu who were first year mm-hmm. students and they were wide eyed and not confused but they were seeking inspiration and you were mm-hmm. right there who kind of done that and almost in your senior year a tutor teaching assistant all of that so those opportunities what kind of uh, um mindset do you need to have to get those opportunities at a large school like nyu i think um i think most of these opportunities came because as i said i spend 95% of my time working and i think um as an international student there are very few opportunities that you get because a lot of college campus jobs are reserved for american citizens and students who are on this study work study program so the opportunities for international students at least at nyu are limited to merit based opportunities so that's why i tried to look for so i wanted i i wanted to do something on the side that did not involve um me uh, so th- that basically did not have any other hurdles other than the fact that uh, you know the whole citizenship hurdle so that's why i looked at just opportunities that i could do and this was my way of doing something outside of work but yet not far away from it 
and I definitely found my community there and that's how I got to know about all of these opportunities and as I said they were all merit-based and I think um, I was uh, so that that's how I applied for it but Super. I think that was the difference. Quickly yeah. moving forward to like fast forward senior year you're thinking of doing various things applying for the MPhil program at Cambridge and then now pursuing this PhD program at the business school and of course applying uh, math there too. Uh, what is it like to move to grad school and now this PhD? Where do you see yourself headed? So I actually worked for a year between my undergrad and grad school and I did that because I wanted to make sure that I didn't like it. So I definitely wanted to uh, have that set in my mind and I did do that in New York uh, and through campus recruiting and I didn't wasn't too fond of it. And then I stumbled upon these grad school opportunities, which I always wanted to do, but grad school is a commitment that you make. And it's there's sort of like a five, six year commitment that you make to grad school. And I wanted to make sure beforehand that, okay, I've done my share of work and this is what I really want to do. And now grad school is just such a different experience. It's, it's, it's very similar to work. Um, okay, MPhil is not, the same. Um, so my MPhil year was very similar to undergrad. It's just constant work, but just at a master's level. And then you have to write up a thesis, but it's really not that dissimilar to undergrad. But then PhD is a completely different ball game. It's as if you're at a job and it's you have you have you sort of have a good work life balance where you can actually stop at a certain time and come back home and lead a normal life rather than in undergrad where you're just working seven days a week and 24 seven. So it's it's very different. It's rewarding in, it, in its own way, but at the same time, very stressful. So you mentioned that there's the project, uh, the Cambridge PhD uh, that you're pursuing has a health care focus. Tell yes. us a little bit more about that. How does it work in a business school environment? So within the business school, there's um, different different streams um, of, of PhD. So there's qualitative and quantitative. And within qualitative, it's something like um, organizational behavior, organizational theory, more sociology. And there's this quantitative aspect of finance and operations and um, statistics and this other side. But the best part about the business school is that you're always applying this um, applying all of this to something uh, sort of not a theoretical piece of work that you're doing so you're always engaging with uh, companies or engaging with practitioners and that's one of the biggest advantages of doing it through a business school so that was my biggest attraction to it and I sort of found that I could use my math and statistics and um, computer science skills to be part of this program and we, um, uh, so I'm within the operations stream and we use statistics and optimization to engage with the uh, National Health Service in England. And we basically use their data and they we have an, sort of an agreement and they give us their data and we produce research, but it's not like consulting where we're producing research for them and we have a contract, it's just, we produce research, we try to publish it, they can use it or they don't have to use it, but it's still purely research. 
So I'm switching gears now and more to do with the COVID era that we are living in. Um, and you had mentioned that your work uh, in healthcare does uh, uh, with NHS. I'm sure there's some interaction, but my question is not about that. It's more to do with academia and student life post, not post COVID, during COVID. Yeah. Uh, and Cambridge has come up with a statement and of course other universities will follow suit. What do you think um, is the most one of two scenarios that will play out? Again, you're not we're not the experts here, but we just want to sort of ideate. Um, in terms of what's going the to student, happen, yeah, whether students will come to campus, whether uh, social distancing will have implications in quality of student life, and such that. I think if if I have to guess, I think the biggest thing that will be affected is the mass lectures, uh, which would be impossible with social distancing measures. But I think that um, even Cambridge or even NYU for that matter, I think for all these big lectures, there's always this recitation or the supervision, whatever it's called in different schools, the small class component that is always accompanied uh, when you have big lectures. And I think the focus will just shift from these mass lectures to these small group component, small group style teaching lectures. And I think that's not particularly a bad thing. Sure, I think the worst is that you won't, um, you won't be sort of listening to these really great professors speak in these big lectures. But at the same time, you get this small teaching experience from equally accomplished people. And I think studies will still go on and I think the quality could could potentially still be maintained. Fantastic. What about, um, you know, a message for uh, giving out a message for students who are uh, a bit disillusioned now, they worked so hard, graduated from high school or now graduated from college. Um, it's just that 2020 is going to be uh, remembered in their uh, lifetimes and people, their well-wishers would also sympathize with them. What is it that you can tell them how to deal with hardships, uncertainty? Well, I think that's a tough question, but um, I think I, I, I think at the end of the day, I think it's very, it's, it's, it's very important to keep engaged in some way or the other because this is a temporary situation and it will pass. And then I think if we don't sort of seize the opportunities right now, if if people try to defer too much or postpone things or get a bit too complacent right now, I think post COVID and post lockdown, you might regret not seizing that opportunity because we, we, it's too uncertain to know what's going to happen. And I think you don't want to have this regret that you didn't um, sort of seize the opportunity when it came. So I would not recommend people to postpone their studies or sort of um, not decide against what they wanted to do if COVID wasn't happening. I think we should all go on as normal. And then when it ends, you just pick up from where you left off. That's great. I'm going to now switch gears and talk about, uh, or rather ask you a few rapid fire questions. And yeah. the first one is, uh, if you were to pick three strengths, three strengths uh, and describe, or rather mention three adjectives which sort of describe that, those strengths, what would those be? Uh, to describe me, three adjectives to describe me. 
strengths. Um, strength. um, I guess hardworking, um, motivated, and ambitious. Super. Next question. Uh, if you were to reflect on uh, embarrassing moment during your college years or beyond now uh, at Cambridge, <laughs> hope not, but also uh, any failure that you have something to sort of learn from, uh, what would those be? <laughs> there are a lot. And I'm glad you brought it up because we don't speak about failures enough. But I think um, I, think I had a very... Um, uh, I, I think there's one particular moment in my NYU sort of lifetime that um, I would describe as the biggest sort of moment of weakness. I think that was my fall semester of senior year. And I think I had gotten a bit too ambitious and I took on a, way too many things than I could handle. I was doing three or four of these extracurriculars on the side. I was, do, I was trying to be on this honors math track. I was trying to do some research on the side. And I decided at that time to apply to grad school and take the GRE and everything. I mean, everything possible that I could do in the four years, I decided to sort of do it in that particular term. And I was grading and I just said yes to everything. So I just think that, and then I had my GRE exam. I went into the GRE exam and I just froze. And literally that was it. I don't know what I did. I basically barely answered any questions, but I stayed till the end because I don't think you could get up in the middle of the tests and just leave. So I just stayed and then obviously I did really poorly. And then I guess that's when I decided that I'm not going to stress myself so much, say yes to everything. I have to learn to say no and prioritize my work. And I think that's when um, I had this realization. So I think that was the sort of lowest point for me during NYU. Thanks. Thanks for being so honest. And I'm sure there are listeners who would uh, want to follow that advice. Burning out, uh, especially in, in your senior year, kind of that, that, is, that hurts even more. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that you've uh, uh, grown, grown through that experience and you're still at working, I'm surely, very hard. But also the PhD program sounds a lot more uh, interesting and I'm glad that you found that work-life balance. So it's been amazing uh, reconnecting with you, Harshita, uh, and looking Very forward cool. to inviting you to uh, some of our webinars and uh, discussions yeah, going forward. Also, our, also our students interested in math will uh, be very keen to hear about uh, uh, math at a level which they aspire to be at. We do have currently students at Cambridge doing undergrads, so okay. that could be another connection i would want uh, uh, maybe if you have time to even meet up so uh, all in all it's been just fantastic and all the best uh, for Thank the rest so of uh, rest of the year and the fantastic research you're doing and helping nhs and everything else so uh, i'm signing out for now but we'll be in touch thank you